Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. Okay, so we're doing Nutty November here. It's a 23rd podcast in a row to talk about enriching your marriage. So if you've missed one, uh, don't worry about it. Um, wouldn't you say? What, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good. Just go back and listen. Uh, so we've had like nutty end of November driving all over Texas. Yes. So we just got back just moments ago from my parents and all that craziness. Yesterday we were at your parents, you know, so we've been driving and I've been eating just to stay awake on the road. Yeah. They say if your mouth is moving, you can't fall asleep. That's Although, what they say. yet I can actually pray and fall asleep and wake up praying. So I know that's not true. Yeah. But anyway, I ate popcorn tonight and Nutty Buddies. But you know, the thing is, when you're driving and you need food to help you stay awake, the calories don't count. You know where it says that? Jambalaya 3. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's in chapter 3 of Jambalaya. So, Jambalaya chapter 3. No joke. Anyway, um, so that was good. You know, we had smoked chicken and ham, pumpkin pie. Where's that pumpkin pie? Oh, it's still it's, in the it's car. It's the truck. Okay, yeah, I got to get that out of Maybe I'll eat a couple of pieces before I go to bed. I love me some pumpkin pie, but I only like my grandma's recipe. Or yeah. I like that the best. Other pumpkin pie doesn't do it for me. This pumpkin pie is what you would classify, those of you who cook, you would classify it as a chiffon, <laughs> which means that it has a lot of air in it, <laughs> which is like myself. <laughs> a lot of hot air. <laughs> so did you enjoy Thanksgiving? I did. What were your three favorite things about the last two days? Three favorite things. Well, I ate a lot of dessert. Sweets. That would be one thing. Okay, sweets. Um, today we went to Casa Manana in Fort Worth, and we watched a Christmas show. And we've been doing that. We figured it up that we have been taking the kids in the Edgington family to Casa Manana for the Christmas show since 2009. Mm. It's probably time to stop doing that then. <laughs> but the little ones haven't gotten to go. It was really good this year. It was, you know, we've had a few years that were a little yeah, bit of a bomb. Some plays are better than others. Yeah. But this year was really good, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I know y'all have a lot of fun, but then like all the guys are just like at the house with nothing to do and not much in common. So it's like... <laughs> We're all like, huh? What do you want to do? Huh? I couldn't believe y'all just sat there in the living room for all those hours we were gone. It was awful. Why didn't you go do I something? I don't know. It's like, why bother? <laughs> you know, you're up. You're up there in the Metroplex. It's like the third level of Dante's Inferno. It I was mean, Black Friday. You should have gone and gotten no, some deals. No, one, no, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> we showed that to Adelaide tonight. We showed her too funny. We showed her the video of the guy that gets like the lizard jumps on him. Yeah. That was a kind of a viral video happened on Channel 8 in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. And then Sweet Brown. I got bronchitis. It's like, man, it's so classic. It's fun. To, you know, I love sharing stuff like that with my kids. And then tonight I was like, 
I want to play you this. This kind of leads into our topic, but I was like, I want to play you this sermon that meant so much to me. And then she fell asleep during it. Put her right to Are bed. Are you talking about Adelaide? Yeah. Yeah. Adelaide. Well, you went to sleep too. Yeah, you were was, trying to stay awake. I was really sleepy. Yeah. Well. I've heard that sermon before. Oh, so good. So yeah, good. it's good. So good. Um, but yeah, we just, uh, then, then everybody came home, we ate, and then it's like, just all I can remember about it is just pianos be, being banged on. Just like pianos banging. That's not all you can remember. That's all in my it. mind. That's how I'm going to remember Christmas 2018. It was Thanksgiving. Whatever it was. Well, one fun thing your mom did was she had um, questions taped under our chairs. So we had to answer questions at supper. That was fun. That was really fun. We had to answer interesting questions. You know, the one question that Kyle got, I thought that's the hardest one. His question was, what was your favorite day this year? Yeah. And we start thinking, hmm, I don't, you know, maybe one of my, maybe my favorite day was the first day of T4G. You know, maybe that was one of, like a day that I'd never had a day like that before. That was fun. The worship part of that. Um, maybe one of the days we were at Six Flags, just having fun as a family. Yeah, it's it's almost hard to even remember individual days. Yeah, that's in weird, isn't it? Yeah. That's why we probably need to be dire not I want to be careful how I say this. We need to be dire diarying. You mean writing in a diary? Diary diary? Diary? That's not a word. Diaring. Diary Journaling. Journaling. Yeah, journaling. <laughs> that sounds a lot cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that'd be a good reason, or just keep a you know calendar, a la Brett Kavanaugh. You know, I went to Squeeze House this day. Well, you know, they say <laughs> that the way to slow down your life is to journal. Is it. to vary your experiences. Is to vary your experiences. And so, one reason that we all of our days run together and life goes by so quickly is because we're doing the exact same thing over and over again every day. Mm. And so the way they say the way to slow it down and to make it more memorable is to do different things. Mm. Yeah. That's good advice. Mm -hmm. I want to try that in 2019. You think it's just too late to start trying to do that in 2018? I might try. I might try for the next month. Yeah. Give it a shot. But... I'm moving straight into the mid-40s heavy. I'll be 44. No, you'll be... Is that right? Yeah, yeah 44. Oh, my gosh. Golly, that sounds... 44. 44 sounds way older than 43. I, I do not feel 44. I still feel about 20. 44. That's a big one. Yeah, so I'm moving into the, you know... the Mid-40s. End. This is the final season of life. <laughs> no, don't say that. That's what it feels like. Youth is gone. Does that mean we're middle-aged? I don't know anymore. I think middle-aged has gotten older. The, the, the fact is the baby boomers are messing everything up because they're not getting old. Yeah. So it makes us not feel old either because our parents have like stayed in stasis for all these years. They're still doing it and thinking the exact way they did. It's funny because today Jill and I, my sister-in-law, we were talking about her church and I was asking how old her pastor was. She said, well, he's got kids in college. And she said, and I said, so probably, you know, 50s maybe. She said, yeah, I mean, maybe early 50s. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, like really young, she said. 
And that made me kind of laugh on the inside because I thought, you know, 20 years ago, we would have never said that the 50s is really young. Yeah, 50s is really young. <laughs> but now that we're almost there, we're like, oh, that's so yeah, young. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have a kid in college when we're in our 40s. Yeah. Like 47-ish. Scary. Yeah. Brutal. But you know what? If you get born, you get old, you die. This is the way it happens to everybody. Yeah. And nobody, there's not like there's a bunch of people out there that got to not be 40. Hey, you get old if died. you're lucky. Yeah, or blessed. Blessed. We don't believe in luck. <laughs> That's what I meant. It's all providence. Way to blow that. <laughs> Somebody's going to get her theology card pulled if she keeps up that <laughs> nonsense luck talk. That was just a figure of speech that didn't come from my heart. I told the guy uh, tonight at the QT, I told him good luck. We go to this QT in Lake Worth, and I, I think a Q, of... A QT is just a convenience store. It's like a 7-Eleven on steroids. And uh, when we've gone in there in the past, I've always noticed this guy. And he's like really talkative. He used the word indubitably tonight, and I really don't even know what that means. Yeah, and it was in response to... Do, he said, do you want a sack for trash in your car? And you said, yes. And he his said, response was, indubitably. indubitably. <laughs> and I was thinking at that moment, I don't know what that word means, but I hope it's not dirty. <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking that. I want to look up the word indubitably, and we're all going to learn something here together, except for those of you who think you're so smart because you already know what it means. So I don't even know how to spell it. Is it with an I? Yes. You think it is? Yeah. Indubitably. Indubitable. 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 Impossible to doubt. Unquestionable. Indubitably means just like, a, you know, unquestionable, undoubtable, indisputable. Um, so what do you think he meant by that? Do you want a bag for trash in your car? Yes. Unquestionably, you do. That must have been what he meant. Yeah, indubitably. Certainly, there's a context in which what he said made sense. Yeah. He, but he's been there since 2011, and he said, I finally told him to make me a manager. Oh, did you just, did you just go off? Did you hear me? No. Okay, I'm back on. Are you on? You, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, huh. so he's like, I finally told him to make me a manager. And I said, oh, good. And I said, good luck. And he was like, thank you. I need that. I should have turned around and said, no, you don't need luck. You need Jesus. But I I was just like, let's hit the road. Missed your opportunity. I missed my opportunity. I uh, like that guy. I think he's going places. Indubitably. <laughs> Indubitably? Indubitably. <laughs> <laughs> Indubitably, he's going places. There's no dubitability about it. He is <laughs> indubitably doobling wherever he's got to double. <laughs> so we should double like him. We should be more doobling. <laughs> or whatever. So, okay. So uh, I was thinking as I was listening to that sermon tonight, I was listening to a sermon I would recommend to you by the great uh, preacher Steve Lawson. Uh, who I think is more of an itinerant evangelist now, but was a pastor of a church in uh, Mobile, Alabama. 
There was a sermon that he preached years ago. I mean, that was an old sermon. Did you happen to see the date on it? Because um, I don't remember the date. Maybe it was like... I want to say it was 2012. Oh, I thought it was way before that. Okay, well, um, maybe I'm wrong. I looked at several sermons and we were looking Maybe at not. Maybe it, maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, I think it was. I don't know. That sermon really was in an impact on me, I think, earlier than 2012. But I could be wrong. I could be mistaken. Um. It's called The Lineage of Christ, I think. I think it's called something like that. Lineage or Genealogy of Christ. Here, I'm looking it up. Just keep talking. Okay. Oh, so this sermon is basically where Steve Lawson um, preaches the genealogy of Christ. And I, I, I did the same thing. I was inspired by his sermon. I've done that here in Olney, but certainly did not do as good a job as him. So you could listen to Steve Lawson's Genealogy of Christ sermons, and then that would be like listening to the Cadillac. Then you could drop down and listen to me, like a, uh, like do a cheap Hyundai version uh, of it. But it's really, his sermon is fast. Did you find the date? 2007. 2007. Bingo. So I thought it was 2005-ish, but yeah, 2007 would be right whenever it had a huge impact on my life. Just just listening to him preach the genealogy was um, so meaningful to me, and it, it just brought out the richness of preaching. It taught me a lot, and it's weird to say like, two sermons could really change your life. It certainly changed the way I looked at the genealogies in the book of Matthew. Mm-hmm. But when you look back and think on it, there, thanks to the internet exposing us to all sorts of preaching that we had never heard before and all sorts of types of teaching we'd never heard before. Great preachers who could, who can truly exposit the word of God. Um, you know, before the, the internet, uh, you're the, the types or the, the preachers you were exposed to are pretty limited and the preachers they were exposed to were pretty limited. Mm-hmm. You remember there would be, people had a tape ministry? You had to actually get a tape in the mail. Now you can listen to millions of sermons. Just download them. So what I want to talk about tonight is, for night 23, is the importance of the scripture, um, sermons, and books uh, about, the script, about the scripture in your marriage. Yeah. That... The the health of your marriage, just like the health of your life, uh, is directly related to you being a student of Scripture. And one of the ways that God has allowed us to learn His Word is through sermons and books. It's amazing that you can listen to a sermon tonight, driving back from Fort Worth. We listened to a sermon. One, we got got going on one from Criswell from 1967. And he was just screaming his head off about Gnosticism. And I thought, this is not, I wanted to hear a Christmas sermon. I wanted to feel good. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I wanted some of that Yuletide fancy preaching. And Chris Well was laying something down that was a little too academic for me. Right. I wanted him to just be, you know, a, I wanted him to, to, to go full Chris Well. And I wasn't getting it. So yeah. I said, let's switch over. And we listened to one by Adrian Rogers. And that was good. And then we listened to the the uh, Steve Lawson one. So there were about three three sermons. And you think, 
uh, two of those men that we listen to tonight are dead, but we had their sermons. Yeah, I mean, the audio of their sermons. Yeah. And then think of all the people you have the, 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 the writing of their sermons. Right. And we listen to these things, and don't you think that sermon reading, sermon listening, book reading, hasn't that had a tremendous impact on our marriage? Yeah, no question. Well, how would you say it's impacted it? Well, it's 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 helped us to grow a lot. Yeah, because I think we learned the truth. Yeah. I mean, truth really is a great medicine for all the things that are wrong with people's marriages. Yeah. But you know what? People don't want to hear the truth. And I think when you finally will submit and sit down and listen to good sermons by guys who can really handle the Bible and listen to and read books that are that are true. You, when you start, when you submit yourself to the truth, I mean, that's as real as it's going to get. Yeah. People are, I mean, we're such liars. We're so easily able to lie to ourselves and lie to other people about how we are, what we think, justify ourselves and our behavior, our thoughts, our actions. And once you start getting into the word and it starts to change you, because that's how the Holy Spirit does it. When it changes you, that changes your marriage. Yeah, there's no question. And when you look at the trajectory, you know, and, and sometimes I think, you know, people don't like, maybe they don't like my theology. I was very cons- I'm very conservative in my theology, my understanding of scripture. Maybe people don't like yours. I don't know. Or they think, oh, y'all are just so like way too fanatic. Y'all are too into this. Um that y'all maybe maybe people might think we're no fun or something like that, but they've not really walked and had our experience in our in our life. Right. And whenever you and I look back over our life and our experience, what I think we see is that there was like before the revolution and after the revolution, something like that. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. And the difference was there was a point where. We were kind of bowled over by the Bible. We were we committed ourselves to its authority in our lives. And what would you say happened after that moment? Everything changed. It was a huge shift. Yeah. A huge change. I think that sometimes we think that in our marriages that what we need is marriage teaching marriage books, you know, or um, marriage conferences, which all of that is really good for your marriage. Mm -hmm. But what's really going to change your marriage is Jesus and the truth of God's word. And that's usually the last place that people want to turn. I mean, we do Bible or biblically based counseling with couples. And, you know, if you if, if you can, when we when we leave a situation with a couple, you know, and, and they, they're gone and we're discussing what just happened. I mean, there's always that just that knowledge there that we have that the only way that this is going to work is if Jesus comes in and just revolutionizes this whole thing. Because marriages are so broken and families are so broken because Jesus is not a big part of what they're doing. <laughs> They're trying to do everything on their own or figure things out, you know. Well, they don't think that the Bible matters. They don't think it's relevant to their yeah. situation. Yeah. So when if I said if 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 I said I don't think that this or that matters, what what am I saying? I don't think it's true. 
Or, or at least I'm not going to act it. I'm not acting as though it's true. Right. So I think you just look at it like there's two kinds of people. There's people who think that the Bible's the authority and that it's the truth, and people who don't. Or and and there's some people that'll say, "Well, I think some of it's true. I think there's some things in the Bible that are true, but then there's things in it that are wrong." But most people don't think about it at all. Well, but then by default, what they're saying is, "I, I don't really believe that's true." Yeah, I guess. Because so. if you really believed something, but that's not what they would say to you if you no, asked them. No, 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 no. Everybody, do you love Jesus? Do you love? Oh yeah, I love Jesus. I know the Bible is is God's word, but you really don't think it's God's word because if you really thought God was talking to you, you would listen and obey it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's in Psalm one nineteen. You know, somewhere. Somewhere after one, the 105, that word is a lamp into my feet. That it's it's after that where he says something like, "I've I've obeyed, I've listened, to, you know, to to obey your commands in your word." When we pick up his word, we see that it's telling us what to do. So right. if you're not doing it, you really don't. I mean, if you if you tell me what to do and I just never do what you're saying, you you would not think that I really believe that what you're saying matters. Right. And so you can open up the scripture, open up to Ephesians 5 with a couple of your counseling and say, well, you know, this is a pretty direct passage about scripture. Here's what it says to do. And you just can sense, well, that's just not, that's not going to work for us. I mean, you can sense that with people that you sit down and talk, that they're not interested in that. Yeah. They want you to say that one of them in there or both of them in there and they want whoever they're talking to to say, you're right. This one's wrong. Right. You know. Or something like that. When you go to the scripture, they're like, what? Why are we talking about that? Oh, it's church. We got we to we talk about this. Okay. Yeah. So they think I'm just paying lip service to the Bible. But, that, but that's if you don't think the scripture is true, then that's all you would think about it. Oh, that's just the lip service they pay to scripture. Yeah. You know. So um, it's... What I what I would challenge you as far as deeper connection is, you know, the answer to your finances, the answer to your marriage, the answer to the things that ail you is not going to Scripture and trying to find something that's going to tell you where to spend your money or what you're doing wrong. It's just simply going to Scripture and trying to figure out what is God like. If this is how God has revealed himself, then I can learn what he's like and who he is. Yeah. I can get to know him that way. And... Do that and see how that will change your whole life, your whole family, your whole outlook. Everything changes after that. Even if you've, even like if you're like me and you've been in church your whole life and you've been to a Bible college and you think you know a lot about scripture, get, get into it with people that can really handle the truth uh, in, in an expositional way to teach you what the Bible says, books theology books, whatever it takes, and see how God revolutionizes your life and, and your marriage. So, and, and there are some really easy ways to start out doing this as a couple. We, we're, right now we're doing, a, we, we have a Bible app that has reading plans on it. Every day it gives you scripture to read and a place for you to discuss it mm-hmm. just on your phones. I mean... There are so many easy ways to get into this and to just start studying God's Word together and to start swapping sermons back and forth, you know. And, I mean, 
it, it will really, it will really change everything because it changes your, it changes the way you see everything. Mm-hmm. If you uh, have the truth of God's word hidden in your heart, it's going to change what comes out of your yeah. mouth. It's going to change your attitudes about things. And it's going to change the way you feel about your relationships. Yeah. Awesome. So deeper connection there with scripture, with bio, with the. Uh, listening to sermons and, and reading books that will teach us about the Lord. So uh, go out there and realize that whenever you're, you know, the, the main purpose of studying God's Word uh, is not necessarily so you'll have a better marriage, but you'll not have a better, you'll not have a right marriage the way God wants you to, to have one if you don't do this. So that will lead to a deeper connection just because that's the way it works. Seek first the kingdom of God, everything else is added to you. And sometimes I think we try to have the stuff added without seeking his kingdom. So get in his word, learn it, and um, let's see your marriage blessed. Big giveaway was today, Heather Dieterding. Yeah. Am I saying it right? Well, she said that's the way to say it. Okay. Well, she won the big big, uh, major award. Yes, yes, and she's very excited, and I can't wait to send it out to her. Thank you so much to everyone who entered. I do want to mention that the Nativity tradition, which many of you um, commented that you were excited about that aspect of the giveaway, today the Nativity tradition kicked off their Kickstarter project. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put a link right here on our um, podcast, and there's a link on my Facebook page. For you to get over there to the Nativity Tradition Kickstarter project. If you want to get in on the Kickstarter, then you can get the Nativity Tradition at a discounted price whenever it um, releases next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the time to get in on it. And also, just to help this, you know, if you if you believe in what they're doing here and... Um, if you want to be a part of getting this nativity tradition into homes all around the world, this is a good way to get in on it and to help get this thing going. I think this is a really worthy project. I think it's a beautiful product, and I think it's something that will really help families like yours and mine focus on Jesus at Christmas time and to just really start a tradition in your family where every year you are looking back on all the ways that God has worked in your family's life. That kind of stuff matters. You want a deeper connection in your family? That kind of thing can really help you get it. So um, I'm putting the link down here. Y'all go over there. Look at this gorgeous nativity set. Meet Jackson and Heather over there. See what this is all about. And if you feel like the Lord's leading you to be a part of it, please do. Please do. It would make me happy. And it would sure uh, bless Jackson and Heather and their Nativity Tradition partners. And this dream they've got. So do us a solid and uh, go ahead and back this project. They're trying to raise $35,000 total. So tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your brother-in-law, tell your parents, tell your friends, tell everybody. Back the Nativity tradition. It's going to be a neat thing. And I know that uh, uh, such a beautiful nativity will find a special place in your home. That's my little plug for Jackson and Heather. I've I've already backed it. 
I've already put my money where my mouth is. Y'all join us. Y'all join us. Yeah, this this is, is neat. It is really a beautiful set and something that can be a family heirloom that will have more meaning than most family heirlooms because it's going to be passed down with words. With words and about, with gospel. About God's faithfulness yeah. to your family. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening. And we will be back tomorrow on day 24. Of the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. Nutty November. (laughs) Bye-bye.